What's up, everyone? Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in again to Life as a NARP with your host, Tanner Klein. I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe during these crazy, disturbing times here in America. Um, I want to I want to address a couple things in this intro before getting into the interview. Um, but first things first, I want to apologize personally for not releasing an episode last week or letting you guys know that I wasn't going to release an episode. There were some unpredicted circumstances that popped up in life, and they were priority over the podcast. And I'm sorry to say that, um, but at the same time, you know, it's the people I love, and I, you know, I had to be there for the people I love. Um, and I couldn't mentally or emotionally sit down and you know put my mind to this because it wouldn't have been quality material for you guys to have. Um, so like I said, I apologize, and if it ever happens again, I will 100% release something letting you guys know. That way you're not expecting something that isn't coming your way. Now, now time to address the elephant in the room. Um, police brutality has gotten out of hand here in America, and I know I don't have to give my two cents, but I feel like I need to because it is a part of who I am, and I stand behind my morals Um because they are a huge factor who I am, just like everybody else. Police brutality's gotten out of hand. It's gotten disgusting, and it has been for a long time. Um, and I'm surprised it hasn't been addressed this way earlier either. Um, my buddy that I interviewed for this uh, episode is training to become a police officer, and I support him for what he's doing because of the type of person he is, and I know he's gonna be a part of the change. But at the same time, I don't support what's going on in the police community. It's unreal. It's unethical. And, it, and to think about how it's gotten to this point is honestly, it blows my mind. Um, you know, people of color, mainly African-Americans, have dealt with this for so long. And I couldn't imagine what it's like to have gone through what a lot of you guys, the majority of guys, all of you guys have gone through. So, you know, I want to apologize for you know how it's gotten the people of my race have treated you guys for so long and it's crazy that it's gotten to this point um, uh, I don't want to get too deep into it um, and if you if you want to have this conversation with me more you know I'd be more than willing to have it you know DM me uh, on Instagram or you know email me or whatever and I'd, I'd love to get into it more but um, I just want to say that I support the peaceful protest that you guys have uh, started and I want you guys to carry this message and don't get lost for the message because it's very important and it needs to change here in America so um, with that said we'll get into my interview with my buddy John Santa Maria we call him Santa and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, it's more of his story rather than you know lessons or insights it's a little bit of insights but more of a story and you know our background together so I hope you guys enjoy Cheers. Cheers. All right, guys. I got a uh, lifelong friend on, um, two-time SELC honorable mention for goalie. Um, ruined my senior career, <laughs> my, senior, my senior season. Uh, John Santa Maria, goalie for Columbus State University. Uh, how you doing? Doing well. Doing What's well. What's going on, everybody? So uh, we've been friends for what? 
15 years plus at least something I don't know, like that something like that. each other forever now yeah playing hockey start you know roller hockey and then you know went to school together and played the cross he's pretty much started the cross around the same time as well yeah started that program at uh archer high school which was awesome uh, we didn't really amount to much during our time, but Team we I, honestly, you know, I, I'd like to think we kind of did. We like to see the progression that we had in just a few years that we played. I think we, we progressed a lot, to even be honest. At, outside of what we played, even starting that program, they started a bunch of youth programs in that general area and around, which yeah. helped out. I think we sparked something, but um, hockey was definitely our favorite, I think, for a while. For sure, all yeah. the way up through that high school line. Yeah, and then we... Uh, Went and played the cross at the same college as well, which is pretty dope. Uh, I remember you coming down and uh, for like that recruiting visit with like that whole big class. When, <laughs> I mean, we were freshmen, like we acted like we knew what was going on, but we weren't even there for a year, and we thought we could show you guys the ropes. Pretty much, like this place is the best. <laughs> Definitely, that trip alone changed my perspective on any other college that I visited as a whole especially having known so many people who was at the university. What other colleges did you visit? I uh, visited UAH, Emmanuel. Oh, that's right. Yep. And um, I believe there was one more. Uh, yeah, Huntington. Huntington. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And did you get offers from these or no? Uh, no solidified offers, um, but there was always the opportunity to play out of state and also just checking out, like, actual NCAA programs, which yeah. was nice. Yeah, something a little different. What sold you on Columbus? What helped out with Columbus was the fact that it wasn't too far from home, but it was far enough to where my parents wouldn't be with me the whole time because I always liked that sense of freedom. But and also a huge factor was the fact of how many people from my home area alone that actually attended the school. So it was great yeah. to meet new people, but also be around people that I was already previously comfortable with. Absolutely. I think that was kind of um, what... Like I sold me, I, you know, my mom had moved up to New York the weekend after I graduated, and yeah, but I like two that. weeks before, I told her that I was staying down here in Georgia, just because I would, you know, have to reestablish, you know, residency, that's what, res, residency to to get some type of grants or anything like that. But I had hope down here, so I thought it was almost, um, you know, dumb or you know, I almost thought it was, you know, dumb of me to to leave the state when I could get a, you know, discount education pretty much. And we're, we're very blessed to be here in Georgia, which offers that hope scholarship if you maintain a GPA. So, and, you know, I looked at going to different schools like Kennesaw and a couple other ones, but when Chase was saying he was going there and starting a program, pretty much I was like, why not? You know what I mean? Like I already, you know, Kyle Martin was going down, Chase was going down, um, you know, I was like, and he, he kind of persuaded me too. He was like, I know a couple other, you know, a group of kids from the Keetron High School are going to be going, and that was, you know, a big chunk. And then, you know, Chris and Darius that I've known, you know, I didn't know them super well before, but I knew of them, and I hung out with them a couple times. Um, but, it, yeah, I think just already having bonds before going down to school was, like, what solidified my decision to go. And it made it easier almost, you know what I mean? Because I that felt was more the comfortable. Thing was like the adjustment going from like living with parents at home with, in high school and everything like that to being almost like two and a half, three hours away 
and then having that sense of freedom but also like i just mentioned before like having people that you already know and are comfortable being around yeah like familiar faces helped out especially in that college process yeah you guys had a pretty rowdy freshman class that came in too i, I remember being sophomore <laughs> yeah we, <laughs> the uh, face you're making right now yeah yeah we, uh, tore up the dorms for sure oh yeah first year they did not appreciate us at all but it was a it was definitely a great way to break myself into that college life definitely yeah yeah i just remember like you guys coming in and it was it was uh, you guys were something else just because guys had already left from our freshman year and you guys were coming in and you know, not only did we want to, like, establish, you know, dominance, but, like, we wanted to let you guys know, like, who was in charge, pretty much, you know, we were leaders, like, to watch what we're doing, but, of course, when you make that transition from high school into college, you think you're just hot shit, like, you think that you already know, like, you're, you know, I'm an adult now, like, I already know what I need to do, like, these are decisions I should make, and all this stuff, like, um, you know, it's a whole nother level of responsibility and stuff. And I remember the first week, our coach was like, um, you know, I know your class schedules and I'm going to check in. And if you guys aren't in class, yep. there's going to be consequences. And literally the first week, he goes and checks. And it, he checked the one person he knew he was going to catch messing up. So I got an August birthday, um, August 18th specifically. Oh, that's probably right. And it was the day... It was like a Thursday or Friday, and he came, our coach came and checked one of our teammates' classes, and of course, it was one of the... One, one of the more degens. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and of course, he went ahead and just checked his class, knowing that he probably wouldn't be there. This is one of the first couple of weeks of school, too, and immediately just like checks, and then all we do is get a message in our group saying, hey, meet down at the field, no pads, just cleats. And I was like, yep. great, this is how I'm going to start my college lacrosse career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he was a hard ass, though, and at, at the time, I think all of us really disliked him because of that, but with, this, with the small squad we had, it was definitely necessary because we were going to have to run with bigger squads, and if we were going to do so and, like, you know, keep up with them and, you know, compete with them, we needed that training. But, of course, we we were a club team. Like, we weren't NCAA. We weren't getting money or anything. So, it's like, how can you – we were paying to play. How can you force us to train that hard when we're paying to play, you know? That's the huge thing about paying to play, though, is there's two different types of players when you are forking out the money to play the sport. You either have those players who are – Paying to play because they love the sport so much that they want to continue to play throughout their college career. Or you have those players that are going to take advantage of the sport and just to say that they were a college athlete but in reality are just slackers to an extent. Oh, absolutely. Or, you know, it's and nothing against these type of people, but they've been handed everything on a silver platter before, so they didn't they don't necessarily value that money that was it wasn't cheap to play. So they don't no. value that money that we put in as a team. And you and what sucked is we had a mix of players that really wanted to play at a different level, and then we had players that were out there just filling time, you know, just kind of like filling up a time slot, an empty time slot that they had, and didn't really know what to do with their life outside of school, and they were just kind of out there just messing around, which was annoying for us. For sure, for sure. It it definitely uh, opened my eyes up to the quote-unquote college lacrosse level to see the different types of individuals that I would be playing with and against. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I mean, I will say the teammates that we had, and the friendships and bonds that we created is what made it that much more fun. I mean, if we always butted head, but that's what made it that much better. Oh, for sure, club lacrosse definitely has its ups and downs, but like I feel like the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So I kind of want to like turn you know gears and skip a few years and go down. So my senior season, the core group of guys had pretty much left. It was pretty much Slay and I were the only two core guys, and then we had Tommy who came in halfway through. Uh, yeah, like halfway through. So he was, you know, we considered him a core guy, but he wasn't like there on campus first day of school freshman year. So, yeah. um, and we had it once again. We had like a smaller team, but we had. We had heart and we had, you know, skill and determination that is what gave us a one up on a lot of teams and we and we competed very well with a lot of teams. Oh yeah. And so um I'm gonna bust your balls here for a minute, but <laughs> we, we had a great start to that senior season and then it went down the hill and I'm I don't wanna put all the blame on you, but we always bust your balls saying you did because of a <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't even, I'm going to say an egotistical move on the field, but For sure. ex- explain what happened. Okay, so we're playing, I believe it was Florida Gulf Coast. At home. At home. We Beautiful day. Beautiful I remember, day. Yeah. The thing that you got to understand about Florida Gulf Coast is that they are, have always been a very competitive team. Already mm-hmm. had like a Chippy. built structure. Like They've had growth in their program yeah. for a while. So they're a solid, solid squad. But uh, we're... We're honestly, I'm not even going to put it like Frank, but we were getting waxed by them pretty badly. We were kept up with them early, but... As I say, at first it was even. Yeah, we went all, we were we were good scoring back and forth all the way up till probably the mid to end of third quarter. Mm-hmm. But um, we were losing really badly come to the end of the game. They caught a good run on us just because they had the numbers. And yeah. uh, about, I would say, probably like a minute left in the game, I got a save and... I looked at the clock, and I think it was like 50 seconds left or something like that, and I decided to, instead of just clearing the ball, that I'd kill the clock myself. So I took a run up the field and got picked up by two um, offensive men and (laughs) immediately thought that it'd be a wonderful idea to do the hardest toe drag that I've ever done in my life. It was clean. It was clean. I'm not even going to lie. It was clean all the way up. Until I tore my ACL and immediately just fell to the ground and started rolling. But and it, it, it wasn't just a toe drag. You went for the toe drag to the behind the back. <laughs> That's what you did. You went toe drag, step, behind the back. And it's when you made that step that you pretty much just falling down. And I think I knew when I saw you because I was just like, I saw you running up. And I know you make smart decisions like... I, I had faith that you were gonna make a smart decision at some point, or was you know optimistic that you, <laughs> you were going to. But I saw and you've done the toe drag plenty of times, so like I knew when I saw you go for that, I was like, that's fine. Like he's gonna beat these two guys with the toe drag and then clear it, and then you did the toe drag. And I saw you go for the behind the back, and I was like, uh oh, this isn't gonna be good. And then you ended up on the ground, and I mean we joke about it now, but we obviously realized the severity of it later on, which was. That you had torn your ACL, and um, you know you all, you know we always give you so much shit for for ending the season because it went downhill after that because well, yeah, our backup goalie was 
non-existent. That's the thing, though. What y'all have to understand is the fact that we we had a solid squad, but with limited numbers. That includes my position alone. Is the fact that we really didn't have a solid backup in that in that standpoint for me. So it was it was me alone, and it was a reckless decision, which ended up truly ruining the end of the season from like mid to end of the season, pretty much, which was. Tanner's yeah. season as a whole. Yeah. Well, and the backup role, he had a concussion, so he couldn't yep. play. Um, and then we put in this midi who was he, he convinced us that he had played goalie before, and I think Back he pee wee league. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like the first position he ever played before, uh, moving anywhere else on the field. But then he stepped in and it went all downhill. But I kind of want to get into more of like the injury and everything that went into that. Um, and I know, like, how impactful it was at first because, like, like, you realized that it was going to be a year before you can step foot on the field again pretty much, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was – I went to the local hospital, which was Houston Clinic, which is right down the road from the school, and immediately got looked at by a surgeon to check my knee out to see what was actually wrong with it. And I got a bunch of stuff done, and it come to find out that yeah, I did tear my ACL and partially tore my meniscus. It um, kind of aggravated me a lot because I loved the sport so much, and I wanted to keep on playing. But then to have to find out that they say that a recovery time from the surgery is nine to twelve months, and I'll have about like eight to twelve months of physical therapy. Yeah. So that was tough, but the one thing that I didn't want to do is, like, I've never been raised to, like, give up, Mm -hmm. and also knowing that if I try my hardest and push myself, I would be able to get back on the field and play my senior season. Yeah. So. That's a a huge thing to go into, that surgery with that mentality, because, like. For sure. I think if you go in, and I've never, I mean, even in all the years that I've played hockey and lacrosse and all these sports, physical, you know, physical contact sports, I've never broken a tour or anything, but I've, I've just, I think, seen, you know, people that go into it with a mentality like, I'm done, or the mentality like, this is only a minor setback, and I'm going to crush this, and I'm going to be back on the field better than ever. And I saw that literally, I think within a week, I saw you have that mentality because you were doing therapy before you even had the surgery. Like you were doing stuff with your leg and knee even sure. before you went in to prep your, you know, the leg muscles and everything. And I don't, I'm not a surgeon or I'm not a physical therapist whatsoever, but I know that that's obviously helpful and that's stuff they told you to do. And when I saw you doing that, I was like, this kid is determined to come back on the field and make a statement. That's what was tough was the fact that knowing that I didn't want to let myself down and like have mm-hmm. this bother me forever. But it was also, I kept in the back of my head reminding myself that it's not just myself that I'm going to let down, it's my whole team. Like I have a whole team yeah. that's relying on me to come back and push and be just as good, if not better, than I was the previous season. Yeah, and we didn't really have any like looks coming in for goalies. Like the backup goalie was, you know, recovering from that concussion concussion and then we didn't really have a backup behind I mean we did you know um the kid that we had to step in but like we saw how that went my senior year so I think that was also you know another factor that made you determine like I'm going to continue on that way 
I'm not letting these guys down with these other kids stepping in. You know what I mean? It's nothing against, nothing against these kids, but you know what I mean? Like you are superior than these kids, you know? So, <laughs> and, and I mean that in the best, you know, way. I mean, I love, I love these kids on the team. I love, you know, my buddies, but at the same time, like I knew what level of competition you could compete at and what they could. And so, I think that's what you know. It you was were a, thinking. it was a positive and negative of having a large skill gap. It was it was a positive because of the fact that like I knew I was gonna play, I knew I was good, and I knew what I could handle. Mm-hmm. And other players, coaches, and like people like just witnessed that. But it was also kind of like a downfall with the skill gap because of the fact like if something happened, like me getting injured, we knew it was just gonna be an issue. And well, it happened. Yeah. But you came back and you got, you know, I went, I don't, was that the first game you guys played against Emory that your senior season that I came and um, watched you guys play? I believe it was one of the first few, yeah, it was if one not of the, the first. first. And I just remember the hype that you guys had. Like, you know, I stood on the sideline when, sideline with you guys, but you guys just had this energy that, and we've always had this uh, rivalry with Emory. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean... I, the way the way you guys were pregame, I was like these 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 Emory kids are done. Oh yeah. And I remember that game, you guys got up on them on what like a thirteen five lead or something. I don't remember you know, but it was something you know. It was big drastic. early. Yeah. And then all all of a sudden out of nowhere they were like, oh, we don't have a uh, athletic trainer here, and so if anybody were to get hurt, it could be a liability. So we may have to call the game. It's like. I, I honestly I think it, they, I think they should have called the game because they need to stop the bleeding like it was oh, yeah. so bad they wanted to call it early but it was yeah it was honestly bad like you they were could, getting torched yeah they were oh they were toasted by that time and then finally out of nowhere an athletic trainer popped up and they continued playing the game and it just got even more heated from then on I, I think they may have closed the gap the goal difference a little bit but it even wasn't you know. There, there was no way they were back in that game, but I just saw the way that you played, and I just knew that you know you set the tone for that season as well. That, well, even before that, and I hate that I'm going back, but like, even before that, you were going back on the field getting shots on you before you were allowed to get shots on. I tore my ACL in, I believe it was April surgery in May, and I was back getting shots on one on one with like coaches and players like in October. And when when did they, they told you what was the timeline that they told you you'd be able to go back and like start you know slowly? Our season doesn't start till beginning of February, and they said I wouldn't be able to hop back in net until January. And I was you're like that's not happening. damn determined to make <laughs> sure that I got in way earlier. Than and that. I respect that about you, and I think a lot of other kids that go through injuries like this need to have that mentality where they're like, okay, this is just a setback. Like, you know, and, and I know that maybe a maybe harder if it's your senior season and you're getting looked at by colleges, you know, that may be a harder, um, you know, you know, impact on your, you know, that might hit you harder because you're like, this is definitely the end of my career. No, you know, you, you're probably, they're probably thinking who's, who's going to want to look at me if I'm hurt going into my freshman year of college. So, well, that's what people got to understand when it comes to like, yes, inside, but also outside of sports in general, when you have like a serious or major injury to your body, like you have to stay positive. It's going to be physically grueling, but you also got to stand. That's only half the battle. 
The other half is having the mentality to keep going and keep pushing forward. So you're back out. exactly to get back to where you were before and then make yourself better. Yeah, 100%. And so I don't know. I don't really remember how like your as a season went and it doesn't really matter uh, to this point. But, um, you know, transitioning into the NARP life now, you know, the non-athletic. The NARP regular, life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What was what was that transition like? So I graduated um, and got and moved out of college back. What did you graduate with? I got a business management degree. Some people say basic. I think it'll help me in the long run, but we'll see. <laughs> um, got that after four to four and a half years in Columbus State. Um, moved out the just last uh, August in 2019. Um, came back home and I... Had to get a job. I mean, you can't be staying off your parents forever. Everyone yeah. take notes of that. Yeah, Come on, seriously. get off on your own. But um, got a job, but it was I was working at like a front desk of some rental place. It wasn't anything crazy. I was just making a couple bucks here and there just to help pay my own bills, but I was still living with my dad. Um, Not really what I wanted to do, especially after college and playing lacrosse for so long. But... um. After a couple months, I started applying around to different uh, police departments because I knew at some point in my life, helping others was what I truly wanted to strive to do and become. Mm-hmm. And I have family background of public servants ranging from fire department to sheriff's department and also police department. And so those are like the main influencers as to why you chose to, you know, serve in the community. Like, is that something that you always thought about doing as a kid? Or is it something that, uh, you, you know, you kind of realized it's one way to give back to others and help others? You know, how, how did it, you decide that? Was it something just early on? or It was definitely something that took not long for me to know when I was a child. Like, I knew I wanted to go into that in some sort of public servant field. Mm-hmm. Of course... I mean, as most athletes, you have that dream of like wanting to push yourself the hardest to play professionally. But at some point, it's got to click in that you know, like, you have this whole life to live. Like, you have more than just the sport alone, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is hard to understand for some people. But it it took me a while alone yeah. to get that. But it's you got more to it. So knowing that I always had that to go back on, which is becoming a public servant, is what I wanted to do. So here I am now. I'm. I'm about three months out of six months into the police academy, so I'm now going to become of, a police officer. Going to try awesome. to. And matter of respect for that, I know they have a terrible rep um, in the community, right, or any community right now in the world. They just have a terrible rep, and it, it really sucks that one, you know, one officer can ruin the rep of hundreds of officers. You know what I mean? But for that's sure. that's what's portrayed, and that's what you see is because you have these, you know these cops that aren't, you know, morally, I guess, respectful, you know, they don't, they, I, I don't know if, I won't say they don't, they take the job too serious, but like, just the way they handle things, um, and I, I know that more goes into it, I'm not a cop, you know, and you're in the process now, but, um, I just know so much more goes into it, so I have mad respect for you, uh, for doing that, but, um, I know you had a few bumps in the, you know, in the road on this path to, getting this job first. Um, I know you had applied to uh, a fire department before, correct? Correct. I did. Um, just some things here and there. 
that ended up not working out and then yeah right there at the end of the year and then as i started applying to more places when it comes to that year change most places aren't hiring in general so it took a long time for me several months to like even get back get word back from several departments and then i got back from DeKalb county and athens clark county and it was just great to be able to apply to the same department that i also had family in so that's why yeah. i kind of helped me sway into being into yeah the DeKalb i know county. those you know getting those no's or you know getting turned down for you know xyz reasons it hits hard, you know. I mean, it hits your ego. Not, I, I don't want to say it hits your ego hard, but you know, no one likes being turned down. Obviously, in any in any way, in relationships, in jobs, no one likes being told no. Like we don't want you, pretty much. Anyway, from getting cut from a sports, sports team yep. to being on like the job force, if you get cut or turned down, it's definitely a. It definitely hits you hard, but I mean, you just got to keep on pushing per usual. Yeah, yeah, and so that like, is that. I mean, I remember once you got told no, I remember you calling me up and, you know, we talked for 30, 45 minutes or so. And I just remember how hard it hit you and, you know, how impactful it was. And I knew because you've already, you know, you've, it's not the first time that you've had a roadblock in your way. You know what I mean? Like you've overcome things before in your life. So I knew that this was only just a, you know, a minor setback and that you were going to continue on to do stuff um whether it was in the same job field or um you know anything else but i i already knew you know that's the i think that's what i was trying to do and that phone call was like keep you optimistic that yes this was like what you thought was a huge setback at the time but looking back on it it's like you know you made it past it within a month or something you know what i mean like it really wasn't as big as an impact I think as what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, for sure. It was it was tough for me for a while there. I uh way harder than I should have and I brought myself down and but in the end like you just got to keep pushing, yeah. try different areas, try different places. That includes even just for different jobs in general, different sports as a whole. Yeah. Keep trying and then like somebody will want you. Somebody needs what you have and yeah. then you'll keep on going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, someone's Yeah, someone's definitely going to see those aspects of you and they're going to cherish that more than the people that turned you down well obviously you know and um you know sometimes i think that's even going to lead to the people that turned you away regretting that decision you know what i mean like even when it comes to making a team like if they you know if you didn't have a good tryout and you get cut but you go and play on another team and they look at you and they're like damn i wish i you know i wish i kept him on because i can i see what he does now but just that one small um, you know, tryout or interview that they they thought that you were insufficient, so they just cut you. And so for sure, um, yeah, you just gotta stay determined. You gotta grind it out. And I know it's so cliche that Nike has this like the motto "just do it" and stuff. But it's just like the only way things are get done is like just do it. So you have the setback. But it's like how are you gonna get over? It's just like reach out, keep doing, you know, I mean, literally just do it, keep moving on, just grind it out, push yourself forward, things are going to get better, keep that positive, optimistic mentality to feed, you know, positive energy, and like, good things are coming, it's pretty much like speaking to existence, like, of course, life is full of tough times and struggles, and I mean, we all have our different versions of what a tough time and a struggle could be, but 
as time goes on, you will get through it. And even that means just pushing through and doing something about it. You'll get through it. Everyone does. Absolutely. There's always there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, 100%. And for those people that don't think that there's a light at the end of their tunnel, I, I think that they need to look deeper within themselves and find out what what's stopping them from seeing that light. Because... They're, they're 100% it's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to force your way, you know, through the darkness to get there. And so if you just have, you know, that, I don't know, that inner, that inner grit, you know, and a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people quit after certain things. But if you have that, um, I don't know, inner integrity that just keeps you moving that fire in the inside to keep going to, like, do something with your life. That's so, so helpful in the long run to, mm-hmm. to get to that light at the end of the tunnel. So Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to get you back on, but we got to get a bunch of the boys from school back on because it's going to be hilarious, all the stories. We didn't get to in, too many funny stories, but there's going to be a lot of hilarious stories that will be shared in the near future, so we'll get you back on. But are there any other um, you know remarks or anything else you want to say before signing off? No, not really. We covered a lot between me and you and everything we've done and been through throughout the years and how people just need to keep pushing on. Yeah. Y'all just got to remember to stay positive and spread those good vibes, everybody. 100%. You got to, you know, that one close friend that you've had for a while or whatever, like, I mean, we keep in contact we every day. Like, we just hit each other up every day. So, I don't know, I think even that small, you know, small line of communication just kind of, I don't know, it feeds this fire and you know we definitely want to support each other and do great things and see each other do great things um you know we want to see each other eat so of course I, I definitely i dig what you were saying and um you know a little bit of the insight on going through the rehab of you know going through injury and i hope people take that and can do something you know, apply it um and that's the only way you guys will be able to do something is if you apply it in your life so once again my man i appreciate it And I look forward to next time. Thank you very much for having me on, man. Yes, sir. Take care.